Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. <laughs> it is khaki. Yeah. The homo MC, y'all. Yeah. Are you horny? Because I'm horny. I'm horny as hell, man. It's about that time. Yeah. It's Tuesday night. Tuesday night. At 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. You know what time it is. Y'all know. It's time for you to turn down those lights. Turn down those lights. Light some candles. Light some candles. Because now... We're in bed with Dr. Seuss. Are you alone in the house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's me getting cheesy again. It's my favorite time of year, you guys. October's the bestest ever because we all get to act like idiots and we can let our freak flags fly without anyone really judging us and we can always point to Halloween, see? That's why I like it. We got a huge show for you guys tonight. Very riveting show. So you're going to want to stay tuned. I want you guys to... Kick back, grab a bottle of wine. You're gonna really you're probably gonna want it because the story you're gonna hear a little bit later on is just spellbinding, even though that's cheesy, it's still spellbinding. So, how are you doing, my Joey friend? I am doing good. I'm glad to hear that. Even though Volleyball is over, and you now have to go through volleyball withdrawal. Well, the beach season is over, but uh, indoor season starts. So okay, well, I, I, as long as we don't have to hook you up to some, you know, IV pumping, I don't know what. That would volleyball. be cool. That that's something <laughs> they need to invent. Oh my God. Okay. So, um, what do we? Uh, first, I want to give a shout out. To Madame Sosette, who, for my birthday, um, created a birthday video that she put up on YouTube that was absolutely hilarious. I was laughing so hard, like, I had tears. It was great. It was unbelievable. Loved it. Loved Madame Sosette. Why? Why do I love Madame Sosette? Because she's a freaking sock puppet. And she does financial domination. So, if you think about it... It rubs, it just it, it just sort of rubs in the face of all these people who say, oh, no, everything has to be done a certain way. That's why I love it. And it's creative, and I just think it's fabulous. So thank you very much, Madame Sosette, for my happy birthday video. I'm going to actually be putting it up on the InBed with Dr. Sue website. So you guys can have a look at it. It is very cute. I want to say hi to Lady O'Fire who was sweet enough to get in touch with me before she actually, well, not before, but it doesn't make any difference, when she linked to one of my articles on the review. And the reason why I'm making a note of that is because that's the way it's done. And no one usually does that. It's, like, it's just so nice to have someone do that properly and say, you know, I'm just letting you know I'm linking to it, that's great, that's fine. Like, that's, you know, I don't mind if you link to my articles, that's fine, go right ahead. It's just, 
I just thought it was a nice thing. So I just wanted to call that out. Pay it forward, that sort of thing. You know what I mean, my man? I do. Cool, cool. Okay. Um, the last thing I want to tell you guys, which this is really funny, though. On my birthday, um, one of the gentlemen on Twitter had said something to the effect of, happy birthday to um, the Oprah of fetish or something, something along that line. It was like the Oprah of whatever, right? Which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Well, it turns out it created this great big hoopla de duda <laughs> amongst a group of ladies who aren't happy with me, which is okay. That's cool. Everybody's, you know, allowed their opinion. It's just, it's the same group of ladies, and I just think that they really need to relax because their big thing is how dare he compare me and Oprah when Oprah would never do the things that, you know, or say the things that I say on the radio. Yes, I say cunt on the radio. And I'll stand by that every single time because, see, I'm not Oprah and I don't want to be. So I don't see what the issue is. But it's just getting really psychotic because this is, this is like a feud, like a Hatfield and McCoy crap feud that has been going on over, like it's got to be a year. And you just sit there and go, are you freaking kidding me, you guys? Let it go. You know what? You ladies really need to concentrate on your businesses. Pour that much energy into your business. Seriously, who cares what I'm doing? I I am nothing in the grand scheme of things, which is why I find it funny when you guys get all your little panties and twists. Because seriously, there's no reason to be twisting your panties over me, for God's sake. Just unfollow and move on. Hmm? Who who else can we compare you to that will get a rise out of the haters? I don't, I just, it's hilarious. Oh, and why I said that was the other, or yesterday, um, that's why I'm bringing it up, is it, it happened again. Um, I had thanked this same person for retweeting the show because I always thank everybody who retweets the show. So I was thanking him, and he said, no problem, Oprah. And sure enough, a couple more girls unfollowed him. It's just it's just getting kind of funny now. It's like, are you freaking kidding me? Get over this, people. So I don't know. This is why women like... Again, this is the reason why I've now backpedaled on female supremacy. (laughs) Exactly. I will say that out loud totally. There are too many crazy crack-ass bitches out there for me to say that, yes, all women are the greatest thing since sliced bread because i got to tell you, that's just not true. Nobody's perfect, people. So... We are going to be right back with our good friend Lori right after this message. We Hopefully that's what's going on. If Lori is out there and listening in, you can call in now. And so we'll be right back. What's that? What yeah, 646 So if you're out there, Lori, go ahead and give us a call. Doesn't matter. We can keep going anyway. Hi. Hi there. Welcome to Fetish and Fantasy Halloween Ball. Oh, hi, Scott. Great costume this year. Um, maybe you should take the ball out of your mouth. 
Thanks, I call it Spider Slave Boy. The most outrageous, bizarre, and risque Halloween party in the world returns to Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. The Fetish and Fantasy Halloween Ball. Yeah, you like that, don't you? You sing as a bad girl. Girl. Who said anything about me being a girl? For more info or to purchase discounted tickets, visit HalloweenBall.com. You know the doc loves Halloween, and I've been able to score my in-bed listeners $10 off each ticket to the Fetish and Fantasy Halloween Ball at the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas, Saturday, October 26th. All you got to do is use the promo code RUBBER. Tickets available at Ticketmaster or at HalloweenBall.com. Remember to use promo code RUBBER at checkout and get your $10 off each ticket. That's actually very true, you guys. And I want you to know that I was in touch with the promoter of the event, and there really isn't very many tickets left. So I've been, you know, throwing it out there like crazy, going, okay, seriously, it's almost selling out, because it really is almost selling out. I wanted to see how many tickets were left, and there's only like a couple hundred. And we're talking, this thing is just, it, it's massive. It's the largest Halloween and fetish ball in the world. And it is so freaking cool. And if you get a chance, you really, really, really should definitely go. And definitely go with $10 off the ticket. No, we're not going. Why not? Because you didn't tell me ahead of time. It's too late now. Ah. What am I going to do with you? I have no idea. You didn't say you wanted to go. So, if you are out there... 646-478-3644. Six four six four seven eight three six four four. We are going to go with Lori as soon as she calls in. Hopefully, she won't be too much longer, and we'll be able to tell you all about the really, really, really cool writing contest that we have coming up. But I don't want to do that without Lori being here. Lori, there she is. I knew it wouldn't take that long. She heard me. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me on. How are you doing? Great. I'm so excited to be here. And hopefully I'm going to inspire all your listeners. (laughs) Honestly, we have a lot of people who listen in who are erotic literature writers. So let's bring them up to speed on what's going on within the industry. Like, what are the trends? Well, the most commercial trend is erotic romance. And what erotic romance is, is it's an erotica story with a happy ending, um, where at the end of the story you feel that the people who, or, or werewolves or aliens in it, will be together afterwards. It can be one, two, three, polyamory. It's really opened up quite a lot, but they like happy endings. So, so it always has can, to have a happy ending, no matter what, when you're talking like, is there such a thing, though, as, say, erotic horror where maybe it is? Oh, absolutely. But they will oh, okay. go and fight the zombies, and then the couple or two couples or threesome that beat the zombies will all go off and, and continue to have glorious sex together. And and that's when I, I've, I love erotica, and I have been reading erotica since I was 17 or 14 even, which was more than a week or two ago. And I always loved the journey, and I really didn't care about the happy ending. But when I got into commercial publishing, 
I was told point blank that it had to have a happy ending or it wouldn't sell. But I did not believe them. So I published a handful of fabulous books with not-so-happy endings or clever endings, and those books did not sell well. I would take a mediocre book, put a happy ending on it, it would sell through the roof. So, so keep that in mind, you guys. Okay, happy endings. Don't make it depressing so and sad. And, and I learned my lesson. If they will take any permutation of erotic coupling, as long as at the end they feel that the couples will continue to enjoy each other, I can live with that. Because I believe writers should eat meat regularly. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they should be able to pay their bills. And I don't like the idea of being told how to end a story. But the flip side of that is, if that's the only requirement, there's still a lot of creativity. Well, i got to tell you, I was shocked, actually, by some of the reaction to the last time you were on the show. I love having you on the show because you just as I've said it before, you are the one that has your finger on the pulse of what's being published. Hello, you have your own publishing house. Mm-hmm. But I was shocked in the sense of writers getting their backs up because someone is saying, "Okay, this is how they want it to end." And it's well, like, okay, I, mean, I understand that, but if you want it, I, I don't understand that, okay, you can dig your heels in, but you're not going to get published. Well, and that, that's really it. I, I mean, as I said, as a reader, I have enjoyed stories where the journey is the tale. But as a writer, because I am also a writer, I love royalty checks. And exactly. <laughs> You know, there is <laughs> Isn't nothing. that the whole point? I mean, I realize some people do it for artistic expression Absolutely. and don't care. That's but, fine. But even when I've done both, you know, I've written a story and I don't care about getting paid. I just want to get published. And right. then I publish it and I get a check. Oh, my God. And ha- having been that person, you know, I've I've written. I've just written for the pleasure. There's really nothing like money and and fans. It is a heady combination. And yeah. you know, as I said, I, I, the, you know, the the concept of the romance story, where you know how the story is going to end, is difficult as a writer because if you are not as creative as you should be, you're basically writing the same story over and over again. But if you look at it as a writing exercise, where, you know, you have to get to this point, getting there is even more fun than what you would do without that destination. The challenge is amazing as a really creative writer. So even and though someone it. is telling you, make sure it's happy at the end, you need to get over that if you want to see the royalty check. Right. Yeah. So listen to that, you But it's not the end of the world. You know, really, exactly. really, a happy ending <laughs> is not like saying, you know, I mean, if they said, if they said just the opposite, Every story must end in a snuff film. Boy, would everybody be like, that's horrible. You know? Yeah. It's just, this is what the, the This the is what sells, wants. people. Hello? Mm-hmm. But they it's love it. Sells. I mean, and the, and the most wonderful thing is it's not just, um, you know, a bunch of 18-year-olds reading it or, you know, a bunch of 
middle-aged married women in the middle of Kansas. I was going to say, and, and lonely housewives, and yeah, yeah, It yeah. is across the board. It's 88-year-old senior citizens. It is gay men. It is, I mean, the, they're 80% of the people who buy books today are women, and those women are reading romances with a happy ending. So the market, as E.L. James has shown us, is tremendous. You know, who doesn't want to take a shot at that kind of audience? Well, when you consider the fact that, to me, sales equal people reading your stuff. Mm -hmm. So isn't it just logical that you're going to want to have something that sells? Let alone the fact that even if you remove the money from it, it's just that's, Hello, people are reading your stuff. Well, there are people who write for themselves, you know, and, and that's great. But even if you write for yourself, once you've written the basic story, if you can just come to a point where there's a, a, a positive resolution, you know, it's, it's not that hard. So would you say all erotica needs to end happy? No, no. There, there are some publishers who publish what you I would almost say is old fashioned erotica because you have there's it it's it's two audiences well. You know, erotica from maybe oh, the turn of the last century until about the sixties, early seventies was really the audience was men. You right. know, and that was the journey. You know, you started off it was basically a porn film. You don't need a happy ending in a porn yeah. film. You need right. sixteen different very, very willing partners. And, and a very satisfied person at the end. Um, right. And that can be entertaining. It, it's just that for this audience, they're willing to have their heroine, it's usually a heroine, but it could be you know a male character as well, have 16 different erotic episodes, and at the end she finds which one she likes the best. It's Goldilocks. That's okay. And maybe Goldilocks keeps all three of the bears. That's okay, too. She just mm-hmm. needs to be happy with the journey, not the end of the world. Exactly. So there are publishers out there that you would say were like, would that be more darker stuff then? Yeah, there is. I mean, there yeah. are publishers who still publish what I would call, you know, more old-fashioned erotica. Um, and I've had some of this well-written erotica sent to me, and I've said, you know, this is not, you know, a, a, a great ending. This has like, sort of like a revenge orgy at the end, and that's, oh, okay. that's okay. But mm. can't we kind of do that virtually? You know, we don't need and then and then have everybody feel good about themselves. And the author said to me, "No." So I said, "Okay, this particular book isn't right for my audience." It, right. She published it. It sold, but I do think that had she tied it up with a different bow, it would have sold more. More. Right. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not even See, so that's much the thing one... is, again, there's no hard and fast rule with, I mean, there is if you want to sell stuff. But if you don't want to go down that road and you're thinking, well, I'm not going to do formulaic or whatever right. writing and, you know, I have more integrity than that or whatever, it, that's okay. It is Nobody's okay. saying that it's right but or then, it's wrong. I was just then at the same time, the don't hostility. say I have more talent than this particular woman, even or this, this author, um, but I refuse to do what she did. Mm-hmm. Because what she did is 
part of the reason why she sold so many copies. Exactly. So do you think, okay, what's better? This every, Obviously, publishing has changed since back in the day. You and I are of the same ago. age yeah. bracket. So <laughs> what I'm saying is let's look at how things have changed now. Everything Is everything ebook now? Is anyone even bothering? Print books sell. Um, I think erotica is, is mostly uh, purchased as an ebook. Um if you like the series, sometimes you then go out and buy the print book too. Mm-hmm. But people aren't shopping in bookstores the way they used to. More than 50% of all books, print books as well, are purchased online. 50% already. That's what I mean. So things have, so have submissions changed? In other words, it used to be, um, I mean, back when I was doing this, you had to have, you, you couldn't send in anything unsolicited. And your best bet was to find an agent first. And do you need well, to go still- through all that now? Somewhat. Um, their publishing is tiered, and it's tiered much more than it was, you know, 25 years ago. To get mm-hmm. to the New York houses and get an advance, you need an agent, and, right. and you're not going to be able to do that without an agent. Um, to get published by an e-publisher, you can break in on your own, but if you're really planning on making a living as a writer, you could use an agent to help you plan your career because not all e-publishers are the same. And that's not to say one is better than the other. It's just that to make a living as an e-writer, you usually need to write two or three concurrent series, and so and they're usually not all the same vampire story. So if you have one vampire story and you have a YA series and you have a new adult series, that same publisher might not be the right home for all three of those series, and your agent will know who's best for each of those and get you deal multiple deals where you're never in conflict. Whereas if you don't know the contracts and you don't know the rules, you will tie yourself up. So is it do you think it's better than if when you're first starting out, like so say we have someone who's listening in who you know, it's just they know that they've got something, they want to get it going. Is it better for them to self publish on things like Lulu? Or do Amazon themselves? The best way to break in is to write short stories. And there are, you know, the Erotic Authors Association lists all the anthologies that are up and all the places that publish short stories. Write a bunch of short stories. Find your voice. Get published. When you write those short stories, some of those stories will turn into novellas, which are like 100 pages. One or two of them may even turn into a novel. If you've published the short story in an anthology, you may be able to go back to that publisher and say, I have a novel based on, novella based on this, are you interested? And that'll get you in the door. Um, then you also need to find other writers who are writing and selling what you write because you come of age with other writers at your own level and they all help you. You don't write in a vacuum. You know, so many of the writers. How do someone find friends? <laughs> through you join or you join the Erotic Authors Association. You join your local chapter of Romance Writers of America. There are chapters of Romance Writers of America that are all erotic romance writers. Um, you go online. You join the Erotic Writers 
uh, Facebook page and you find peers. You read other writers' work and you write to them on Facebook or on Amazon.com or on Twitter and you say, I like your work. Um, are you in a writer's group? Do you know of a writer's group? And, and you, you, you find a group of supportive people who are also growing their careers. You go to conventions. And who are at the same stage that you're mm-hmm. at. Absolutely. I mean, do so you need you an agent? Self publishing need... is a waste of time. No, self publishing is what you you should do when you've done a little bit of publishing. Self publishing out of the starting gate, you don't you don't have an audience. How are people yeah. going to find you? You know, it it's all it really is like throwing spaghetti against the wall and hoping something will stick. So much better to try and find a publishing house of right. some form, and, or, or to get to have a few short stories under your belt and 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 meet other authors. If you have ten short stories and you have ten friends who are published, and then you have this great story that you feel that you know there for some reason you can't sell. It's um, gay centaur sex or something like that and you just can't find right. an audience for you. Then you you which I'm not saying that that wouldn't sell. I probably would be interested in it, but I'm trying to think of an extreme, you know. Um then you would say, "You know what? I want to own this." But you would have 10 friends who have, maybe one or two of them already have self-published and you'll have some people who can give you quotes and maybe you'll you'll be able to look around for a cover artist who's not your cousin, you know. And <laughs> Because there's no sense. Because in you can talk to people who are doing this, who are yeah. You, you've, you're you're making best thing you can always do is to network, right? Work with people who are doing this, and they can go. And, oh, I've got a really good person who does book covers. Right, and sometimes too, you're just so anxious to get the book up, you don't want to wait. It's the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's going to change the world, and you do it, and you, you do it as well as you know how, which you think is perfect, but it's only after it's been published that you realize that the formatting is off and the cover isn't really right and the tagging isn't right, and the only people you can get to buy it are the people you went to high school with and you know everybody in your family reunion. So then you take that and you try to get an agent, and, uh, and you've only sold 140 copies. An agent doesn't want a book that's only sold 140 copies. So you've kind of... Put that. You have to put that book away. It is now a trunk novel. Now, five years from now, after you've published at a number of e-publishers and maybe one or two New York publishers, you might pull that out and you might be able to change the title and rearrange it and republish it. But why did you need to go through that experience to begin with? I don't know. Because maybe maybe people think that there's just it's it they can't get their foot in the drawer. The waiting is really hard. It is really hard. When you are writing and writing in a vacuum, it's really hard. But today, with Twitter and Facebook and the the conventions and the organizations, there is no reason to be writing in a vacuum. You know, before when everything was phone and mail and we didn't have the Internet, it was harder to communicate with other writers. But there's just no reason to, to be alone anymore. So, Especially as, as I'm in, also the, in the world of social networking as mm-hmm. well. I mean, you follow other authors, start talking to people on Twitter. I mean, it's it's a great way to do it. Yeah. But I, I've been an agent for 27 years. I run an agency. I'm not doing a lot of agenting anymore because I run a publishing company. 
I am not looking for authors who only write. I want authors who are part of a community. I want authors who understand the role of social media so they can ripple what I do. I have some authors at Riverdale Avenue Books who are older, and they I've had to teach them how to sign up for Facebook, and I've had to teach them the concept of using Twitter. And they are not selling at the rate of those who have already gotten it because they don't understand how that works. Mm-hmm. And it's very so important. while the other ones are out there promoting the hell out of themselves, these guys don't really know what they're doing. Right. Well, they're not doing any more than what the publisher does. You know, right. I do. We have we have extensive uh, publicity and social media and review arms to our company. But if the author can double that, and then the author has a group of ten people who love him or her, and and they tweet it out, you have an exponential pool mm-hmm. of promotion. Exactly. So keep and that in mind, all guys. The make sure you're doing your social networking as well. You've got to be building up, you know, build up your social circle within the genre of whatever it is you want to do. Absolutely. Now, tell us about Riverdale. Is Riverdale taking on any new authors? Absolutely. We publish a book a week. We have seven imprints. We merged with Magnus Books, which is the leading LGBT publishing company in the country. So um, 24 of those books a year are LGBT. We have Desire, which is our erotic romance imprint. We publish erotic memoir under truth. And we also do pop culture, science fiction, fantasy, and horror, sports, and gaming. So we do what we consider to be consumable books. And the concept of that is if you read one of our books and you like it, you should come back to the imprint and say, what else do you have? And that book should be as good as the book before it and the book after it. Because uh-huh. I love that. I mean, I've been again, I've been reading Stephen King since I was 14. And, ah, me too. You know, he's, he's, published, <laughs> he's published 56 books. I've read all of them. There are about six of them I didn't like. But by and large, I, I curl up with a Stephen King. I know what I'm getting. Exactly. Now, and And that's where the erotic romance comes in, too. You know, if somebody reads a book, it's going to be hot, it's going to be sexy, it's going to be creative, it's going to be a little bit different, but at the end, it's going to make you happy. You know, they, the people who read these books don't want to stay up at night and saying, is she going to leave him? Did he, is he going to leave her? You know, are they going to die? Did they get a disease? They don't want any of that. <laughs> so they want a feel-good book, but can't you put the can't you put that tension in the middle of the book? As long as it ends okay. Oh yeah, well uh, there is there's there's a formula to the formula, and the formula is person A meets person B. They are either immediately attracted to each other, and there's some uh, barrier that makes it so that they can't come together immediately, but then they do, and they live happily ever after. Or person A meets person B, and they hate each other and in the course of hating each other, realize that they are perfect for one another. So, ah, okay. um, And they live happily ever after. And sometimes it's person A meets person B meets person C, or two couples, you know, during the zombie apocalypse. You know, you could do whatever you want with it, but that's the mm-hmm. formula. So I was looking at Riverdale's website. I am absolutely loving some of these titles. Like, it, it, they're absolutely – Fifty Shades of Gay, I'm sorry – that's awesome. Oh, it's, it's it's by Jeffrey Self, who had a show at on Logo, 
Um, it's really funny, really witty. It's about a Hollywood actor who, um, you know, seduces the young gay ingenue. Funny, witty, wonderfully done. Great read. Love it. And it made number one. Spank Me, Mr. Uh, Darcy. And Spank Me, Mr. Darcy is Pride and Prejudice in BDSM. Is it really? Isn't yes. that cool? We took so Pride Lisa Prejudice. Trevor took, that, took Jane Austen's book and just kind of it melded is, it? You know, Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. This is Pride, Prejudice, and BDSM, but we liked Spank Me, Mr. Darcy. We just thought that was a better title. That is, I like it. I think yeah. it's adorable. A lot of fun. I love the corset cover. Yeah. Although somebody did write in, you know, one of these Jane Austen scholars, and she wrote in, she said, you realize they weren't wearing corsets during that era. Oh, naturally. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> There's one in every crowd. Yes. Let and, it and, go. Know, thank God for them. <laughs> you got to wonder. So what's your hottest selling book right now? Well, um, we have a woman named Trinity Blasio. And uh, Trinity has these series about, um, oh, goodness, like a kitchen sink. I see one here, Hot for Winter. Hot for Winter is um, about basically the gods of winter, like Old Man Winter, um, comes to earth and finds the woman of his dreams. Um, But Trinity's Masters of the Cats is about an alien race of cat shapeshifters um, on earth who are getting ready to fight a universal war and the women they love. Um, she has a book there, The Virgin Witch and the Vampire King. It's a short story, and that has sold so many copies, I cannot tell you, so many copies that I have asked her to, to do it as not just a novel but as a series. So that will be our Christmas novel. And that's an example of she wrote a story. She didn't think it was much. It sold so many copies that I went back to her and said, this is your next series. There you go. That's a so, perfect example, you guys. And it, and and it also is the story of how someone works with an editor because the original title of the short story was called A Proposal of Marriage, which is, which is about as interesting as last this morning's toothpaste. So, mm-hmm. you know, but it has the she's, – she's, the Virgin Witch – Works for the vamp- she's the vampire king's secretary, and um, her friend is kidnapped, and the two of them um, save her uh, friend, and he realizes that she's the one for him. So very cool, lots of fun. When you put stuff on gaming, what is that? Well, we we are negotiating with various games, video games, to write novels based in their universes. Oh, I see. Okay, so like if you were to do, what's the one out? Well, Grand yes, Theft Auto we lucky, 5, for example. Yeah, or World not, of Warcraft, you know, that's got a whole yeah. universe. We're you not want doing to go that. more of sci-fi kind of thing. That is so cool. Well, if if they actually ever had erotic romance games, I would love to do erotic romance novels based in a gaming universe, but, you know, other than the, um, there, there's just not much of that, you know. So, yeah. someday. But that's cool. It is. It's I think that's really an awesome idea. Well, uh, let's tell everybody what we're doing. We have come up with a writing contest for all our all I all my little sexy scribes mm-hmm. that I know 
are listening in right now. And it's called the Horror Writing Contest, Horror being a W-H-O-R-E-O-R, um, because this is going to be a horror short story contest, 2,500 words or less, and it's going to, what you're going to end up with, which is totally good, winning entry is going to end up being published by Riverdale mm-hmm. as a standalone piece which is totally awesome. So you guys have Riverdale behind you, whoever's going to win. I'm so excited for this. I love I am too. new I'm writers and doing this. It's just so cool. I love this. Um, judges, in case you guys are wondering, the judges, there's a panel of publishing industry experts. I'm going to read them too, but I don't hold much weight. <laughs> it's going to be Lori and her, and her smart friends. <laughs> <laughs> But the, what we're also going to be doing is the winning entry is also going to be read live on the air, either by myself or by the author, preferably, on the Halloween Freak Fest show. So I want you guys to, like, really get into, I don't, I don't even care, vampires, werewolves, just make it really, really creepy. And the other thing is the top five entries are also going to be published on the In Bed with Dr. Sue website. The winning entry is also going to be available on what Barnes and Noble Barnes and Noble, Barnes Amazon, and Noble Amazon Kobo Smashwords there's a ton of places and as i said this one story by Trinity Blasio has sold so many copies i cannot believe it so who knows so don't discount the 99 cent short right. story guys don't think Absolutely. that they don't sell cuz they do unbelievably internationally it's staggering so I am really excited about this. I am. I want you guys to get super creative. It's a, it, it's a short story, so that's why I put a short amount of time on it. I know you guys are super creative and can come up with some stuff that's going to knock our socks off. So mm-hmm. let's let's hope we get another El out of here. Even though everyone's puking in their mouths right now, get over it, you guys. <laughs> El doesn't matter. El's laughing at the bank. <laughs> she just opened the door for so many people, and that's exactly. how you have to look at it. Let it go, you guys. It doesn't matter. The point is, you know, get your stuff out there. So I want you to go to the In Bed with Dr. Sue website, inbedwithdrsue.com. If you look up in the top right-hand corner, you're going to see the Horror Short Story Contest tab. Just click on that. You can put your entries in there. The contest rules are there. And the deadline is Friday, October the 25th at midnight Eastern Standard Time. So... That's going to give you guys something juicy, hopefully, to send in, and I can't wait. I can't wait to read these entries. Oh, it's going to be I so really much fun! Can. It's going to be a blast. And don't worry, I will be obviously promoing this, promoing the snot out of this. So, don't panic. I will be putting the links up so you guys can find everything. But I just—it's going to be so much fun, and I'm excited for whoever wins because they're going to get their stuff published. I just think that's so cool. I think it's great too. And I love, I always love launching new careers. It's so cool. I just, I love it. I agree, 100%. It's just so, it's so nice to, if you can pluck someone right out of there and just kind of go, oh, yes, that's so cool. Well, Lori, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. You know I love it when you're on the show, and you're going to be back many times. I'm positive Mm -hmm. of that because the industry changes. Good Lord. 
faster than you can imagine, with, as with well, everything else. Well, so much else. so. I mean, I just want to add this one thing that now the president of Romance Writers of America, Sylvia Day, who was also an erotic romance, probably the leading American erotic romance author. So mm-hmm. Romance Writers of America has completely base, basically embraced erotica in, you know, 12 months. Wow. That's awesome. It's about time. It's terrific. It's wonderful. So um, the world is no changing. more no more snooty, <laughs> right? No more upturned noses. Well, you could say. I mean, it used to be. You know, you'd say, "Oh, I write erotica," and people would be like, "Okay, I'm gonna move over here and exactly. use my phone number." And no, now you, you say, "I write erotica," and they're like, "Oh, like E. L. James? Are you rich?" That that's what they respond. Really? Yes. What an interesting change in the perception. So that's really cool. Yeah, it is. So you guys, we should thinking caps on. We want to see really scary, scary, scary stuff. Come on, it's Halloween. Very fun, really sexy. Cool. Yeah, really, really, knock our socks off. That's your mandate. So, where can everyone find you, Lori? Um, Lori Perkins R A B on Twitter. Uh, just Lori Perkins on Facebook. Um, Lori at RiverdaleAveAVEbooks.com. Um, you can submit material if it's not for the uh, contest. It's longer, it's shorter, it's not horror. To submissions at RiverdaleAveBooks.com. And um, just if you Google me, you'll find me. I'm, I'm online. I'm doing social media all the time. Oh, and we have a reading series in New York. So if you're in New York City, please... Um, Join us. We just got the Museum of Sex as our venue, and we oh, have a reading cool. series from um, 7 to 10 p.m. Uh, the first Friday of every month. Uh, for the first, so November 1st is our first uh, series at the Museum of Sex. We're having Hope Tar, who is Jenna Jameson's co-author on her erotic romance, Sugar, Tim Tiemann, who wrote In Bed with Gore Vidal, which is the first biography of Gore Vidal since his death, uh, the editors of the Book of Jezebel, and uh, uh, Jerry, Kerry Zuska, who wrote um, Seiko's autobiography. That is so cool. So, and that's between the covers, November 1st. So, so make sure and, and if you are in NYC... Hit it up, and I'm going to also be promoing that so you guys don't have to worry about that. You can also go to the show page for this show on InBedWithDrSue.com. I have all the links there for Riverdale Avenue Books and Lori and Twitter and everything that you guys need, obviously, to get in touch with Lori. Right, and it's it's Thank L-O-R-I, so much, Lori. not L-A-U-R-I-E. Thank you. Yeah, L-O-R-I. Keep that in mind. Okay. Make sure you all, and don't ever submit something without checking that first. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's my pet peeve. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lots thank you so much, Lori. Lori. I really thank appreciate you. you being here. Like well, I said, you will be back, my dear. Thank you. And I'm thank looking so forward much. to reading the stories. All right. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> See ya. Right. Take care. So you got it, guys. Let's see some real hoary writing. Definitely. In bed with com. you can just send in all the entries. Like I said, I will be promoing the poop out of it, so you don't need to worry about it. You've got up until October the 25th at midnight. So, 
what Midnight, we're going which to do time? now. Eastern time, Central time. Eastern time, always Eastern time. Meow. Eastern time. So right now we are going to. Oh, the other thing is, um, the first eight entries are also going to receive a cocky to homo CD and signed poster from the Coxter himself. And that's actually where we're going to go right now. Um, this is off of Cocky's latest track, which is one of the ones that is on his latest CD that I have right here. He is really, I know you guys are probably like, oh, God, you know, it's rap. Yes, it's rap. But he is my little, my real Ken Kniff, my my budding Eminem. So get over it. He is the coolest ever this track is called gnarly and when we come back we are going to be discussing what happened to the dom that i discussed on the psychopath show so you've got like grab this is this is pee time people <laughs> time to go pee <laughs> we'll be right back gay rapper Up the butt with me too. I'm a Jew. Hey, hello. How are you? Pardon me. I'm so rude. I'm a faggot kite with a red hair too. Like a clown. All the kids used to call me Ronald in class. I was kinda hurt growing up. All you wanna do is fit in. And every fucking second you're reminded you ain't like them. Whether it be your sexuality or your fucking skin. Oops, there I go again. Besides, I only have like friends. All the whites were assholes. Fucking assholes. Whites, why are you assholes? Militant and helping. Too big on the fucking kid with the list stuttering. Had to man the fucking quick. Still, I got a little. Dick sucks the kids, can't fuck no bitch, don't want to, but it's still a bitch Ass is red from all the dick, I take a bit, I barely shit Life was had enough of it, I give it up and not so quick I come with friends, you all can sing, the hook begins and once again I'm a homo, I'm ready to blow Spin down shit, like it's going out of peace Grab your animals and kids and cuff them in, it's time to party I love the schlong, all day long Never like this, so a woman's clitoris to get the fuck up on me Like it's going out of 
This is Dr. Sue with an important message for each and every one of my listeners. Did you know one in two people will get an STD at some point in their life? And if you're a regular listener of the show, you've heard me tell you some pretty scary stories of what stupidity will bring to you. Gentlemen, get yourself tested. And responsible doms doing real-time sessions should know to always get their subs tested. And now, In Bed with Dr. Sue has teamed up with GetSTDTested.com to bring you completely confidential STD testing. Visit GetSTDTested.com and use coupon code Dr. Sue to save 10% on your test. Use your head, yes, the one on your shoulders, and head to GetSTDTested.com slash Dr. Sue and get your ass tested now. I hope you're tucked in, because you are now in bed with Dr. Sue. That's right, you guys. I hope you are tucked in. I hope you have your doors locked. And I don't say that in jest, because this is going to flip you out. Um, We are back. I know some of you may want to call in on this one, so telephone number again is 646-478-3644. because you may have had your own experiences with this client. You may have had experiences similarly, and we'd love to hear about it, because this is all about teaching everybody how to stay safe. I have in front of me right now a 17... Ah, excuse me. Holy crap. No one wants me to tell this story. I don't know what's going on. A 17-page printout of the story that you're going to hear. And if you recall on the psychopath show, I told you vaguely something that was going on. There are several. There is more than just this person. There are several ladies who are dealing with this stuff right now, and that's why it's super important that we start bringing this stuff to the out in the light because everybody needs to find out what's going on. And hopefully, together, we can all stay safe, and hopefully we can find these guys. So, I am going to introduce you to someone who you already know, most of you. She is very brave. She is not going to let this guy take her down or scare her. What she's doing right now could go either way. This is literally a 50-50 coin cost, you guys. This could be, this could go the wrong way. We don't know. But she's tired of being held hostage by a freak. So I give to you the beautiful Miss Nixie. Hello. Are you there? Hello, darling. How are Mm -hmm. you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Well, we're glad you're here. We're glad that you're able to tell us the story. You have a very full house listening in right now. I can see. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just what's what you can see. There's many more who you cannot see who are just listening in but not in the chat room. So what we're going to do is we'll start this from the top. She's going to tell you what went on. I'm going to bust in, as annoying as that is, in certain places because I'm going to point out to you the 
psychopathic behavior so that you can recognize it easier. These are things that you guys need to know. And it, there's just certain qualities and certain things that this guy is just, I mean, he's just textbook. Like it, it's, he's so textbook. It's unbelievable. So, my darling, hit it. Tell them what the hell's been going on. All right. I'll start from the beginning. And if you want to post my Tumblr, too, they can get a look of all the lovely screenshots and photos. Uh, so, I mean, I've been doing this for years and years, and I've had my Twitter for years, and things, like, really picked up in spring, and I made a kit. Kit is an instruction program on my iPhone. I'm sure most people use uh, I posted one day and said, hey, if anyone's afraid to contact me publicly, you can message me through Kick. And shortly after that, I was messaged um, by a man named CJ in May. Um, he said, oh, I was following you on Twitter, and I was serving Kayla Cash, and it just didn't work out. Um, I'm looking for like a long-term thing. He said he served a woman before named Joyce, and he wanted to serve me. And he said, um, despite the fact that I was can verified and photo verified, he just asked that we could talk on the phone just to see if there was some kind of connection there that we would be able to talk, you know, not anything creepy, but just be able to connect. So he gave me his phone number immediately. I called him from my blocked work number. Um, we ended up talking on the phone for an hour. Like, he was really nice. He was very friendly and uh you know, had a lot of stories to tell me about himself and his life, his, like, tragic family story, told him some basics about me, um, and that was it. We were off to a good start. He went and got a green dot card for me. You know, everything was pretty good. The slave um, on Twitter, his handle was Footmonk. It was a joke that we had because when I met him, he had his wisdom teeth taken out, um, and his face was swollen, but he had a foot fetish, so we kind of combined Shitmonk and Footmonk. His name is C.J. McCormick or Claude J. McCormick, um, and I called him Shippy. And if you look on the blog, eventually you'll see that he actually has um, other accounts that he goes by. But anyway, we met in late May, and everything was fine. Um, I had another slave of mine bought me an HTC One. So I decided to add that onto my wireless cell phone plan as like a slave line. Like men could just, or slaves could just pay to have that phone number and then they would have a direct line to me, mostly for text. I kind of discouraged phone calls since I had a night for set up. So um, I'm going to get into this now and then you'll figure out later why I'm saying this. On my cell phone plan, I also have a personal iPhone for myself. I do not give that number out to anyone. Um, okay, so let's, let's break this down real quick for a second. You've got the iPhone is personal. Nobody yeah. has that number except, you know, mom, Friends dad, that kind of thing. family, doctors, all Right. Yep. Then you've got the slave line. Slave line was they could pay. My bill monthly is normally about 240 so they would pay 240 once and get the number. Okay, gotcha. So, um, and then it was my grandmother and my dad because I paid for their phones for them. So, and so what line are they on? Are they on a separate line on their own? Yeah, I have four lines total on my account. And it, it's so it's, it's all with the same carrier. Yes, under it's one account with four lines under my name and okay. my credit. Um, but but you've so, got different phones that they're going to, right? Right. Like my dad has an iPhone of his own. My grandmother had just like a the one that split up with a keyboard she could text from. They're all separate mm-hmm. phones. So I okay. only gave out the, the quote-unquote slave phone number. Um, so 
everything was going pretty normal with CJ. He wanted to um, tribute for shoes, like warm pairs of shoes. And I would just send some, like, personalized clips or photos of me with the shoes and then ship them out. Um, he sent some pictures back of him, like, making the shoes into a shrine and, like, licking the bottom of them and stuff. Um, and then, I mean, right away, CJ got really jealous, um, wanted to talk about, you know, oh, I sent so much more more money than so-and-so and this person that serves you. So he wanted some kind of special treatment. He wanted more of my time. He always wanted okay, to talk so about Okay, so he's competitive. Okay, so he's getting competitive with the other slaves that you have in, yeah. no, I want to be the one that tributes the most and I want all the praise and credit, right? Exactly. And if he sent a tribute and I didn't rant and rave about it and I didn't post it on Twitter, he would get really upset that I didn't give him praise. So, so now what amazing. kind of money are we talking about? This guy's also forking um, out some fairly significant yeah. points. Um, some weeks throw up to 1500 a week. Mm-hmm. When he and that's, I'm, there's a reason why normally I think it's like um, uh, normally I don't believe in people discussing their finances because I think it's nobody's business but there's a reason why I'm making this point so just so you know it's not to go oh you know Nixie had this guy and was he was giving her all this money that's not my point my, it'll come up later you'll see what I'm talking right. about but yeah, suffice it to say this guy had significant cash. I mean, you're talking, what, 1500 a week. That's not chump change for the average Joe who's also got to live, right? Exactly. And he told me, too, that he um, he worked at a Hilton hotel. He was the manager. He told me how much he made there. He told me that he owned part of a storage company, like 30% of that. And then he also told me he was doing comedy, at a, like stand-up comedy at a club on Fridays and how much he made from that. And he kind of used that to say, well, out of this amount of money I make, you get this big percentage of it. And again, try to brag about himself. Um, so the jealousy and all that was something at the time I ignored. What really bothered me is that he kept suggesting things that I should do to humiliate him. Um, like, oh, you should really make me do this with this pair of shoes and make me send pictures. And I was like, wait, I thought, you know, I'm the one in charge. If I want something done, I'm going to tell you to do it. So, so he starts popping talk- from the bottom. Exactly. And I use that term with him all the time. Like, just if I want to do something, I'm going to do it. And if I want to talk to you, I will talk to you. Until then, chill out. So right away, I don't know if you're following me on Tumblr, but right away I have an email posted from CJ on June 1st already. Uh, I was done. I was like, you know, this is irritating. I don't want you telling me what to do, and I don't think it's going to work. And you can see there's a real long email from him there where he says he's upset and he cares about me and he's sorry. He wanted this last Yeah, real talk. quick, because I've, I've got this in front of me. I just want to make a couple of points because this is really interesting. On the June 1st email, I want you guys to listen to this one second. Where is it here? And unlike some of your other slaves, maybe I give a shit, a big shit. Maybe I shouldn't care so much about you as a person, too, but I do. I'm sorry. I wanted this to be something that lasted a very long time, something where I spoil you and we can communicate. If I mention things, sometimes it was never meant or intended to be critical of you. I have adored you from day one. I'm sorry. Anyway, I just don't know what else to say or what else to, or at this point. If you won't talk to me, then what can I, can, what can I do, anyways? 
he's turning, if you listen to this, he's taking the situation and he's starting to manipulate it. The other thing that's, I realize this is going to sound crazy, but again, you'll see this a little bit later on. When you look at those emails, I want you to make a note of the fact that he spells correctly. And I'm not saying this to be funny, but let's face it, most guys can't string two words together. This is what I want you to understand about that is this person, as most psychopaths are, is highly intelligent. And you'll see later on that there's different ways of communicating with this guy. But it's just, I thought that was poignant to me at how articulate he actually is and how well-spoken he is. And you can see that in those emails to her when he's CJ. Carry on, my sweet. Sorry. Okay. It's okay. Yeah, he was not, I should post more of the emails, but a lot of times he kept saying, I'm a good guy, I'm a good guy, and I'm not in anything else. I swear I'm a good guy. And in my normal life, you know, I'm I'm a very good person and this and that. He was always talking about himself. But mm-hmm. through the rest of June, it was um, just like roller coaster like that. We'd just get in a, like silly fights about stuff where I would try to disconnect from the situation. And if I didn't answer Twitter, he would message me on kick. And if I didn't answer right away, he would email. And then he would text and then he would call. And it would get to the point where I was hanging out with Jamie or I was hanging out with my boyfriend and they would be, like, irritated because I'd be like, oh, my God, hold on. He just called me for the sixth time. Like, let me just tell him to leave me alone. Like, I was already already ready to disconnect the phone. I had just activated maybe two weeks ago. Um, throughout all of this, I had a slave I was very close with. Named, I named him Stalker, uh, which is a terrible joke now looking back on it. It was just because he had – sent me tributes for a very long time before actually introducing himself to me. Um, so Stalker and I could talk to each other about this kind of stuff. I could kind of go to him and be like, oh, my God, CJ's driving me crazy. And it turned out CJ was also going to Stalker for advice on, oh, you're such a good slave and she adores you. How do I be more like you? And then Okay, so that's a point right there. I'm jumping in. What slave contacts another slave? That doesn't happen in that way. You can have a dom introduce two slaves together because they're under the same rule. But for him to go outside of this and approach Stalker on his own, without asking that's creepy. Okay, that now he's starting to take control again. Now he's starting to manipulate everything. Yeah. Um, he was also talking to his... Um, a parent ex-mistress, Joyce, who he had served for four years until she got married. And he would say to her, look, I'm really upset this and that happened. And she would reply saying, oh, just stick with it. She's good and blah, blah, blah. You don't want to jeopardize it. And then CJ would send me those emails and be like, look, this is what Joyce said. And, you know, I agree with her and I'm going to keep, you know, I'm sorry. And he'd always come back and apologize. Because Joyce um, was someone that he had allegedly served before. Yes, for a very long time they had met and all of this and that. Um, he gave me a whole elaborate story about her, too. So, um, again, this is still, like, early June. The next, like, big argument we got into was because he kept contacting me and saying, oh, all of these doms are contacting me on Twitter, and they want me to pay them, and they want this and that, and they want to do real-time sessions. And he kept bringing it up. 
oh, they must see that I'm such a good slave and that I spent so much money on you. You know, they're trying to, like, steal me. So I was at work one day, and I was like, okay, so give me your Twitter password then. And he, like, had an absolute meltdown. And, oh, why? I was like, well, you're telling me all these girls are contacting you, so I just want to see what's going on. I want to see who it is. He, for three or four hours, had an absolute meltdown. And even though he was answering me through text message, he wouldn't just simply send me the password. So finally, again, after three or four hours, he gave me the password. I think he made it something along the lines of, like, Chippy is loyal or something. Um, And I went in, and I looked right at his direct messages on Twitter, and he had deleted not the full thread of conversations, but just the parts where he had responded. So it looked like these doms were just messaging him over and over and over and, like, essentially talking to themselves. And um, it was... Goddess Taylor M, Princess Alish 88, Miss X Shay. There was one that was like Lizzie with a bunch of numbers. It was like very generic Dom profiles, and they were all private when I went to follow them. But, of course, I wanted to follow them and say, look, you know, they're really hounding him. Oh, I don't care. You shouldn't serve her anymore. You should serve me. She doesn't treat you right, this and that, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I didn't, quote, unquote, deserve him. And so you got, like, so what, first- four Doms that are trying to poach him. Yeah, like, all at once. And I was right. having this. Like, I'm a very aggressive person. So right away, I called them all out, and I posted the screenshots. I posted on some of my website, and I was like, you know, this is this is messed up. You guys need to stop. Go get your own sleeves. And I was on the report Instagram Twitter, like, these girls are Instagrams, like, red flag, like, they're begging. And it's very major shit. Like, it got something where they were not leave me alone. They were messaging all my sleeves. They were trying to follow Jamie. Uh, and it got to the point where they started emailing me and stuff. Oh, you're a dumb bitch. We're going to take your slates. Just you wait. Blah, 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 this and that. So, so a whole bunch that, of drama starts being stirred yeah. up with these women. Yeah, so I already was irritated with CJ, and now I'm irritated with four, five, six of these, like, real young girls that came out of nowhere, you know, that all of a sudden all these profiles popped up and these girls are all over him. So that, was again, was an issue that I was irritated about. Um, then later in June, this is going to seem sidetrack and it's going to come back and you'll realize what's going on. Um, I was contacted on Twitter by someone, their name is Thunderbark, and I was auctioning a pair of leopard flats and they had mud and stuff on them and he was very interested in them. But he said, oh, you know, I also kind of want to buy shoes from Mistress Sin. I'm not sure. I'm going to talk to both of you and see, you know, how I get along with that or I was like, that's fine. Um, and then he said, oh, you know, you seem like you're too busy, you're too popular, you have too many slaves, this and that. And I was like, that's fine, you know, whatever you want. If you want to serve her instead, that's fine. They were kind of bidding against each other, and then CJ was like, I'm just going to see if I can get more money out of him. Um, like, I'm going to keep bidding, and then I'm going to – I'll get him up to, like, $1,000, and then I'll just stop. And if he doesn't pay, I'll pay. I was like, if you really feel like you need to do that, well, you know, whatever, but it's not just – my bid like normal. It's not a big deal. Um, so in the end, the bidding got too high, and Thunderbark said, okay, I, I like Mr. Sin. She doesn't have as many slaves, so I think I'm going to get more time with her, so I'm going to go serve her. Uh, so that's fine. It's not a big deal. Like, we can still be whatever. You can follow me. Not that we talked much, but we all along. Um, so then even though he was serving her, he still continued to contact me. Um, asking if I was selling new shoes or like, oh, I really like the shoe that picture you just posted. And he was continuing to send direct messages to CJ through Twitter asking about my shoes. Oh, did she really mail them? Is she real? Did you get the shoes? This and that. 
And again, I had the information for his Twitter, so I was seeing everything, just kind of letting him respond, but keeping an eye on things. So then maybe a week later, I, like, had dirt on the bottom pair of sandals, uh, scraped it off, and I was like, oh, I'm going to auction this off. And, again, they were at it, arguing with each other and bidding against each other. And so this Thunderbark is Thunderbark and CJ are bidding against each other for these for the flats. Yeah, well, first was the flats, and then CJ won the bid, and Thunderbark went to serve Mistress Sin instead. Then I was just bidding dirt from the bottom of my shoe, just mud. And even though Thunderbark said he had gone to serve Mistress Sin, he came back to me and started bidding on the dirt. And he was actually sending me pictures of, um, like, green dot money pack cards, like $400, saying, I want the dirt, I want the dirt, don't let don't let Chippy outbid me. I could be a better slave than him, and this and that. They were arguing with each other when I went on CJ's Twitter. Um, he was saying, you know, I'm going to be a better slave and this and that, and, and CJ was getting upset about it and coming to me saying, why is he saying this? Like, it was a whole shit show. It was just the three of us all going around and around, and it, it was ridiculous. Um, and then a little bit after this, actually, Tiffy is the one that first contacted me and said that, um, Thunderbark had been following all these doms and sending them private messages saying, you should go follow my friend Footmonk. He is really rich, and he's my friend, and he just loves to spend money on girls. So then I had this influx of more and more and more doms that were contacting him. It was constant. All day he was getting direct messages. And then, of course, like, Tippy stepped up and then, like, Miss Fox stepped up and all these people said, I got them too, and I kind of told him off. Do you know what I mean? I addressed it with Thunderbark, and he just said, oh, you know, I really want to be your slave, and I just want to get rid of Chippy. I don't like him. You know, he's not a good slave and, and this and that. He should go serve somebody else. So that, again, ended up just being more stress on top of all the doms coming in. Um, so... Then moving forward to July, uh, I was, like, at just wit's end. I couldn't deal with it anymore. And I, we had gone over so many things that he was just doing that were irritating me with the jealousy and, you know, spamming me when I didn't answer, just invading my personal time and being disrespectful. His tributes started to come late, or he would make excuses that. So one day, Jamie and I were going to Philly for the weekend, and he was supposed to come up with a $500 tribute. And... It was supposed to be on Thursday, and then Friday night he didn't answer, and then Saturday morning he finally contacted me and said, oh, my girlfriend came over last night, she was upset, and she had to borrow $300. We only have 200 for you. Like, this is when I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. And I was like, I, I need to be done, or I just need three or four days away from you. Like, you're irritating me. I was in Philly with Jamie. I just wanted to have a good time. So then this was, like, very, very, very late June. And the first day of July he came back with a very long email um, that said that he made a, he took everything I had said and put it into a set of rules that he was going to agree to follow, and then at the end he made a contract. And it's like, you know, I will respect you, I'll be obedient, I will be submissive, I will listen, blah, 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 blah. It's all detailed on Tumblr if you really want to read the whole thing. And, then well, he put, and like, what the little, thing is that's really interesting on this one is he's put a point in here. All the points are perfectly spot on, you know, makes sense. I am submissive to you, I need to show it more. I realize I'm strong-willed and strong-minded. Perhaps it comes from my personal life job. Okay, so we're putting it back on him. And then there's a there's an interesting point that he's got in here. I will not ask for any reward. And then in brackets he has, 
probably my toughest one to do, only because I often feel if I don't ask or hint at things, I may never get anything at all and therefore lose any motivation I have to spoil you even more. So again, dangling money out there. He's, you see how he's twisting it and manipulating it and going, well, you know, like if you don't pay attention to me, then I guess, you know, I'll just take my stuff elsewhere. And just uh-huh. it, it, it's, the, it's the passive-aggressive, it's just classic. Yeah. So what do you do? Okay, so he does this, you sign off on it, and you tell him, all right, we'll give this a shot. Exactly, and his his contract was done that if he disobeyed a rule, um, I could dismiss him. He would pay a thousand dollar fee within the month, and he would not contact another dom for six months. Uh, and that if he failed to follow the contract, I could publicly expose and disgrace him as I see fit. So, you know, I sent the contract back and just put an X about as sexy. Okay. Um, and then I have a little side note here. You know, meanwhile, Thunderbark was still contacting me, uh, saying that he hates CJ and that CJ stole the best shoes he could ever own because he outdid him, and this and that, um, and that CJ should go pay another mistress because he's trouble and to leave me because he's not a good slave. Uh, so again, I kind of just kept those emails in my back where I wasn't really answering him anymore. But again, he was still contacting me. Um, so this is So like, now you've got Thunderbark and CJ are mad at each other. Yeah, like they're they're direct messaging each other. Thunderbark is arguing with him and then I have Mistress Sin contacting me, like, what's going on? She's trying to catch him in the lie and, and it was like a whole mess between the four of us. I mean her and I were on good terms, but between the two of them we couldn't figure out what was what. Um so starting from that on July first until July the eighth, a lot of things happened all at once. Um, CJ had a tribute that was due on the 3rd, and he didn't answer me most of the day. And finally, by the end of the day, he said something along the lines of he changed his bank account information and then forgot, and he tried to log in too many times, it didn't work, and he would have to do it the next day. I was like, okay, well, I hope he remembers that tomorrow's July 4th, but I kind of just, you know, let him figure that out. So the next day, I'm with family, and he's contacting me, contacting me, contacting me over and over Oh, my God, I didn't get the money this month. I was like, yeah, you screwed up. You should have done it yesterday. You shouldn't have given me excuses. You waited till the last second. I said, now I'm irritated. I'm like, don't talk to me again until you have it. So he's calling me, calling me, calling me, and this and that. So then the next day, he had another excuse. He wasn't answering all day, which was July 5th. It was a Friday. And I was pretty much done. I was like, you know, this is annoying. If I'm not even getting any tributes, like, um, I'm ready to go. So, um... I said to Thunderbark, uh, he kept contacting me. Like, CJ made it very clear on his Twitter when something was wrong with us. If we were arguing, he would always post something, like a, a subtweet, and made it obvious something was going on. Then Thunderbark, of course, contacted me when he saw CJ posting this stuff. And, of course, I would post, too, like, oh, my God, people are so irritating, or so-and-so is annoying me, or I hate when slaves do this, you know? And so I kind of told Thunderbark, I think I'm ready to dismiss CJ. Like, he's irritating, but, like, you know, you've been shady, I'll talk to you later, I don't know. And right after I go to Thunderbird, I get an email from CJ. Then I'm truly dismissed. I go ahead and delete everything officially. Thanks for letting me know because this is the first I'm hearing of it. Since last you told me was to get the money today. But okay, whatever. I just figured we'd talk when you had the money and we both calmed down. So he immediately knew that I had told Thunderbird that I was dismissing CJ. 
So, so the, 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 the thing in this is, how the hell does, you know, Thunderbark, how does Thunderbark or, or CJ even know that this conversation was going on? Exactly. It was so, it was within an hour, you know what I mean? That they would have had to been back and forth, like instant messaging or something, or on the phone with each other. It was too soon, you know? So um, the next day, he sent a $500 tribute. Uh, but then he was sending me all these long emotional emails again, which he wasn't agreed to in the rules that he wouldn't do. He was still bothering my other slave stalker, which he agreed he wouldn't do. Um, and he was just so needy and so jealous. He couldn't believe that I didn't immediately post on Twitter that he gave me this big tribute. So I officially said, I was like, I'm done. This is it. I removed kick off of my phone. I removed Yahoo. I am off my phone. I just, like, shut everything down, and I just try. You know, it's hard to ignore your phone. It's going off. You're like, you finally get irritated. You want to answer. So I tried to shut everything off. I kept getting phone calls from him, emails from him, texts from him. Oh, my God, I can't believe this. I did so much for you, blah, 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 and this and that. And so finally I said, you know what, I answered one. I said, it's beautiful out. We have a big deck with a nice pool. The family was here. It was like 100 degrees out. I have friends here. And I'm inside on my phone. I was like, I'm going to go outside. It's, I mean, I'm not bringing my phone out. I'm going to leave it inside on the charger. I said, it's it. It's done. I'm final decision. I'm going to go outside. I don't want to deal with it anymore. So I'm going outside reading the book. It is hot. I'm like, I really need to go and get some water. I walk inside maybe like half an hour later, and my iPhone is ringing on the desk. So right as I'm walking over, I'm like about to miss a call. And now stop for a second, stop for a second. The iPhone is your personal phone. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Okay, this is not the slave phone. This is the my personal phone. My sacred iPhone number that I only use for friends and family and doctors and for you know, whatever, anything really yeah. important. I've had this number forever, and I don't ever want to compromise this number in any way. So, so CJ's number is on that iPhone. Ringing, yes. His number, I didn't even have it saved, but I recognized it. And he had an Arkansas number, even though he was living in Texas. And so right as I got to the phone, I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, this is wrong. I said, I must have screwed up somewhere and given him the number or something, or I don't know. I was freaking out. So... I go and I have, you know, my other phone sit on the other table going crazy. And I look at my emails. I got like 12 emails from him. And the one email says, um, you cutting me off is not the answer, though. I'm telling you, this is not the way and won't work for me. Any Joe Nobody who doesn't pay you a dime can follow you but not me because I had made my Twitter private and I deleted him off of it. Then, this is the most disturbing part. I almost just called every single number I have for you just for an explanation to such a shitty thing when I was just nice to you and I woke up with a totally different attitude today, God, face. I was really going to write this or quit today. I chose to write this after a lecture from Joyce where she actually had your side and the thing Stalker said. There wasn't going to be any more bullshit or fine you could cut me off then, but this isn't the right, this isn't the way right now. I was being good and listening yesterday when you said to drop the convo and attitude. I didn't get it. And here it gets even creepier. You're forcing my hand and shoving me out now. So while I'm reading this email, I wasn't even through it yet. Right after I read, I almost just called every single number I have for you. My dad calls me and says, some man from Arkansas just called me and said, where is she? 
And my dad said he wasn't sure what he meant, and he thought he had the wrong number, even though he said my name, and hung up. So I'm, like, in a fit of rage at this point. I blocked my number. God knows why. CJ already knew it. And I called him back, like, screaming and crying. Like, I was hysterical. That's my dad. Like, you do not talk to my dad. You do not call my dad. And then I'm thinking, oh, God, my grandmother's next. My poor grandma just turned 80. She's She knows, but she doesn't. You know what I mean? Having someone like that mm-hmm. call her is crazy. So I'm, I'm like, I don't handle it. Call CJ, and I was like, do not talk to me anymore. Do not talk to my family anymore. Do not contact me anymore. And I was like, how did you even get my number? Oh, well, I have a friend that works at my – the carrier is AT&T. In case everybody wants to switch carriers, I'm ready to. Um, my friend works at AT&T, so I gave him your save line, and he put that in. And I used to work at AT&T, by the way, so I know very well how this works. He put one number So, yeah, just there. really quickly, you guys, this is an important point. I made this point during the psychopath show. You have to understand that there is nothing that isn't public knowledge. In other words <laughs> – the people who are in these jobs, who are in the call centers, and I know this because I know several people who have worked in them, have access to absolutely everything, including all your phone numbers, every text you write, everything. Everything. And what this guy did, and I've seen this done before. He gave all, like his friend works at AT&T, the guy at AT&T gave him all of her personal information. I don't think that doesn't happen. These guys... They're getting anywhere. They're getting paid minimum wage. They have no incentive to keep your stuff completely sacred. So don't go down that road. Seriously, there. Honestly, you've got to really think about this. Every text can be read by people who are sitting behind a computer in a. You know, in Canada, Bell or Rogers Phone Center, I've talked to people who have looked stuff up. Oh, you should have seen what he just texted just now. So keep this in mind, you guys. There is nothing that is completely private. And, you know, all your personal information is in the hands of people who are making minimum wage and just don't care. So just please keep that in mind. Carry on, sweet. Um, I didn't really touch on this in the blog, but also AT&T was no help. Um, I yeah, AT&T has them. done nothing, right? Yes. They, I, oh, my God. It took them three weeks to get me an investigator, and then she, when she called me, she had no idea what she was even talking about. What, someone went to your call? I was like, no. Someone that's talking to me got into my entire account and got all my information. And then I had to go to her boss. I had to go to their social media page. I had to go to Better Business Bureau. And the only thing that they could offer me was that they would um, cancel my lines without a fee, but I had to send my iPhones back in, which is not happening. Um, because I don't consider that canceling my fee for me, because then you're just using the money from my iPhones that I paid for. Well, okay, but let let alone the fact that understand that really this is a federal offense because it's your information that was just passed on, therefore they've breached protocol. Their excuse was that they have to protect the employee's privacy. So think about that one. Well, I, but we don't need the employee's name. I just want his ass fired. Like, what the hell is exactly. this? I, like, I don't give a damn what his damn name is. Fired a bit. And get my new number. Or if I change my address on my account, I move. I change my address. Who's to say that employee doesn't store for the company, can't go right back in and get my new address? It, it and was, they can't. It was it, it infuriated me more than anything trying to deal with that. So anyway, 
I call him back. He tells me that stuff about AT&T. Um, that was it. I hung up the phone, and I got email after email after email after email from him. Um, the one is so he's sending emails literally like every two minutes. Yeah, it was tons and tons and tons. Um, some of the things from the emails was bragging about how much money he spent. Um, one of the emails says, you know, he doesn't want to hurt me or cross any lines, um, and I need to give him a chance, and he will gladly delete my information and even show me it and prove that he did it. And then he said, addresses names of family and info on them, everything. So he had not only done this with my AT&T account, but he also told me, I didn't put this in there either, that he had a friend that worked for a company that did like, credit checks or investigated credit card fraud. And I guess he had also had that person look into me and all my family. I have a very unique last name. Um, and a lot of my family members out here own, in Pennsylvania, own companies. So it's very easy once you have my name to find everybody on my father's side at least. Um, and he's just, oh, hear me out. And, and then he tells me he has an offer for me and, uh, he'll go two weeks without talking to me, but he'll tribute um, and this and that and, and try to go forward from there. And I don't want to retaliate for you publicly thrashing me on Twitter right now. You know, I never directly said anything about him, but I definitely had some, you know, I had some irritation that I was letting out on Twitter. Uh, right. He said, and he you know, he says, I'm not a psychotic asshole. I was just very upset this morning and, and this and that. So, again, I'm getting tons of this stuff. Um, so right after the phone call from my dad and after all these emails, I get an email from Goddess Taylor M that says, uh, I told you that you didn't want to mess with me, little girl. I'm moments away from finding out everything I could ever possibly want to know about you and expose it all over Twitter to all your slaves. Blah, 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 this and that. And the end says, have fun beating all the creepers away from your door, phone lines, and family. This is like right after. Okay, so this is from one happened. of the poaching broads that was uh, was trying yeah. to get him. Mhm. One of the girls that had. So is anyone putting this together? Work. I'm taking a look in the chat room. Is anyone putting this together? Like, yeah, this is all the same guy, you guys. Mhm. So, I then I'm emailing TJ and I'm like, how is she knowing this? So, I I'm on Google. I'm on Gmail. So I pull the header information out of the email from Goddess Taylor M and one from CJ. Um, and I put this information into um, like something that reads the headers. And what do you know? It's the same IP address from Austin, Texas, from Roadrunner at the same location. So I kind of just said to him, what's going on with you and Taylor? How is she knowing what I'm saying as I'm saying it? You know, you didn't have the legal right to get that information about me, and you don't have the legal right to distribute it to whoever you want. So he sends me this long email how he researched Taylor and found out her name is really Sarah Taylor, and he found her wish list, and I think this is her phone number and blah, 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 not knowing that I knew it was him. You know, I kind of just held off on saying that. And if you even look in the email from him, the Amazon wish list link he sent me for her, it says right there the location is Austin, Texas. So what's happening is this guy is now pretending to be all of these people. I'm not rushing you, Nick. The problem is we're getting into a half an hour, final half hour. There is so much more to this story. So we're going to have to gloss over bits because I want everyone to hear this. This hasn't even gotten chilling yet, you guys. Seriously. It gets worse. It gets much worse. It gets scary Stephen King worse. Yeah. 
So after this, I didn't. I just said, you know, I know that you're behind some of these accounts. He flipped out. So then um, July 8th, I believe it was a Sunday, and he told me, I talked to Joyce. I told her what was going on. I gave her your phone number. Joyce is going to call you. So I got a call on my slave line from a blog number, and I said to Joyce, she said, oh, you know, CJ was really nice and respectful, and after I dismissed him, he never bothered me or my family. You know, he never imposed on us. He, he was very polite. And I said, you don't understand. This is what's going on, and this is what he's saying to me. So she said, give me your email address. I'll email you, and then you forward the emails to me that he's sending, just so I can see what's going on. I sent her about five of the emails, and all I got back from her was, wow, oh, that's crazy. Um, then, you know, I'm getting emails from CJ throughout the day. Then at 8 o'clock, I get a phone call from a block number on my slave line. I'm like, I think this is Joyce again. I pick it up. Hey, how are you? This and that. I'm like, oh, hey, what's up, Joyce? My name's not Joyce. My name is blank. Um, she said, I used to be a send-on on Night Flirt. Uh, CJ approached me and, and told me he would pay me to call you to pretend to be Joyce and say all this stuff. She said, I... I'm, I'm remembering the situation correctly. She said he was going to pay her $300. It was $150 first and then $150 after. He never ended up paying $150, and he ended up going crazy and saying crazy shit to her, too. She so he, the, you know, so he pays the, another dom to pretend yep. to be Joyce to make this phone call. She yep. ends up getting in touch with her, telling her, oh, dear God, you know, this guy's now gone bananas on me. You may want to be very careful because he's like, nuts because she phoned her up and said look I can't let this I can't go on saying I'm Joyce because this guy is obviously crazy yeah yeah she said you know I'm worried uh, he's saying crazy stuff I think you should contact the police she said she was a single mother of three daughters and she said she was scared too and I kind of wanted to keep in touch with her and, and ask her to help me and then she never ended up answering me again um, so then I talked to Mr. Sin about the Thunderbark thing I have pictures that CJ was Thunderbark serving both of us. He gave her an address to send used shoes to. It ended up being an abandoned house like three miles from where he lived. He denied the whole thing. Um, so then from... So Thunderbark, all the mistresses... Um, Princess Alish, there was Miss Shay and Thunderbark all at this point I'm finding out were all... And Joyce. Joyce was real. So all of these characters, this guy has created to keep this going. This is very elaborate, and this is why this is very frightening in the sense of, this is why I'm saying this guy's not stupid. He also seemingly has quite a bit of money, so he's got money at his disposal. That's never a good thing in the wrong hands, obviously. Um, So, okay, so you figure out that this is him, and you figure out all the IP addresses, and you know that this is who this is. So mm-hmm. now what do you do? So I stopped answering him. As of July 8th, I have not answered anything from him. Minus the phone call we'll get to later. Um, a lot of his emails said things like, it's going to get ugly, that I forced his hand. What have I got to lose anyway? So at this point, I closed everything. My Twitter, Facebook, next for all that. Um, there were people I didn't trust that I thought I could be friends with. There was a certain dom I was very close with that um, – we used to text and Snapchat and everything, and, and I didn't. I thought things were getting weird, and, and so I made up uh, like an elaborate story that I only told her, and it ended up getting back to CJ. So I don't talk to her anymore. You can't trust wow. anybody because I was if he was paying someone to get mm-hmm. information out of me. Um, so I I made a very very private Twitter account after this, 
and I only followed like 20 people. I only let them follow me back just so I could post to keep everyone updated. So then, of course, I'm getting all these people, oh, I want to serve you, please, this and that, uh, all these fake names and fake emails and stuff, and I'm tracing the IPs before I even consider answering. They're all CJ. So then... So now you're getting new slave applications. You're getting new yeah. Twitter accounts. You're getting all kinds of people trying to talk to you, and it's all him. Uh, there was a guy on Twitter named Cody Soy. There was Blake Miller. Um, and then the one that, that really ended up bringing something to my attention was some foot slave something or other, which I have it posted on here at the bottom. But um, So I'm getting a lot of emails from this foot slave guy. And what caught me off guard, and I didn't mention this in the blog either, is that he actually had um, a picture of a man um, with like, white hair and glasses holding up a, a piece of paper that had the Twitter name written on it. I think the profile is still up. So he actually had someone take a photo proof so I wouldn't think it was him. So at first I answered the email, and then when I checked the IP after, I was like, God damn it, it's BJ. So, so this is the I elaborate lengths that this guy is going to. He's actually getting other people to take pictures to try and make it look like this is who this is. So some exactly. random freaking old man, he gets yeah. to hold a freaking picture. Like that's uh, seriously. <laughs> this is getting even more elaborate. Like he's going to great lengths, and and he's not contacting me to say you should talk to CJ. He's saying I really want to serve you. I'm a big spender. I want to buy your shoes. Like he was just going to jump right back and then serving me under a different name. So when I checked this foot slave guy, um. The email came from Chicago. Well, first one came from Austin, Texas, which was CJ's IP. Then it was in Chicago. And right then and there, I went and called the police. Uh, I called my township police, and I made a report. They said, we can't really do anything until he's really here, but let us keep us updated kind of thing. Called Austin, Texas, filed a report, and they got an investigator on it. Um, by the time I even got in touch with my investigator from Texas, CJ's emails were coming from Philadelphia. Um, so okay, so understand this. Let's give them the breakdown on this. What's the She's watching him. He's in Texas. He's supposed to be in Austin. And through these emails and her checking the IP addresses of these emails, she is watching this guy go from Austin to Chicago to Philly. And you are in Pennsylvania, are you not? I am. I'm an hour north of Philly. And so she's watching this guy come towards her, you guys. So think about that for a minute. You're literally watching this guy coming towards her. Like, oh, dear God. Yeah. As soon as I saw Chicago, I called the police. Um, The the scary thing about tracing, if, if I trace you to a desktop, I can get your almost exact location, which is scary. Um, if I trace to a cell phone, it shows in your cell tower. So when I trace a test email from myself, it actually shows very close to where I trace him. So who knows if he's in Philly or if he's standing outside my house. I have no idea. So the police contacted him through the phone. He actually answered and did talk to one of the officers from the, the township that I live in, and they told him, you need to stop. And he told the officer that we had some kind of romantic relationship and that I had sent him new photos. So, of course, the cop called me back saying, you lied to me, you know, you told me you sent foot photos. The cops think that's weird. Why is this man sending you $500, $600, $700 to see your feet? Obviously, they thought something else was going on. You know, I had to actually print everything out and show them, look, this is exactly what I'm feeling. I'm not getting naked, you know. I'm not on a a webcam with him. 
So um, that's but even if you were getting naked, okay, here's something I want to bring up too. Yeah. Screw you. I don't care if you were standing there sending friggin' chot shots to the guy. It doesn't matter. This guy's crossed the line. It doesn't make uh, – I don't give a damn. And this is the problem, you guys. Try and keep this in mind, too, that the problem is because we are in the industry that we are in, and, yes, we are in the sex industry, even though most of us do not have sex with anyone or and or show off our bits and pieces online, it doesn't matter, and you will not – get respect from anyone who is in any form of authority we get thrown onto the ground and kicked to the side because of what we do so don't think that the cops are going to come and run to your rescue because they're not and they they're still not helping you right um i mean the first cop was really rude about it and he did call me back and say well cj told me you sent him naked photos and honestly, the cops didn't really want to help me. Um, and I had to get another officer and an investigator. They're really nice, and they're doing what they can, but they have to work within their means. And, and it's rough because he doesn't have um, a license in the state. He doesn't have a known address anymore. They call the hotels. They call rental car services. They can't find him. So what happened after this is I started. I stopped getting emails from everyone except Princess Olish 88. Um, and saying, oh, uh, this place contacted me and, and you did something bad to him and this and that, blah, 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 blah. I hurt him and what did I do that was so terrible? And I checked and it's DJ, so I'm not answering. Um, and then on July 22nd, I get an email that says, check your mailbox lately. So I'm looking at my, I'm actually looking at my inbox on my email. Well, because you would. You, you get an email saying, check your mailbox. The first thing you're going to think yeah. of is, check your email inbox. Exactly. I sat there checking my spam folder. I'm like, I didn't get yeah, anything. Yeah, like, what the hell? Yeah, I go off to the mailbox. There's a damn box of candy sitting there that wasn't sent, wasn't posted, nothing. A box of fucking rocks is just sitting there in my mailbox. It was like it was like it was possessed. Like, I had to, like, get Okay, so do you get that, you guys, just in case you didn't hear that properly? She goes out to her mailbox, her, the one where you get physical mail, and there's a box of candy there. Now, it's not like a box of chocolates. It's what was runts or something, right? It was a box of runts, nothing. It was a box no of runts. No nothing. Okay. No nothing. In her mailbox. Okay? Seriously. In the mailbox at the end of the driveway, that kind of thing. Okay, seriously. And if you guys think this is bad, it gets worse. Just wait. Oh, it gets worse. So, yeah, seriously. Yeah. This is this is this isn't it. And this is why it's like, God damn. The problem is yeah. I can't run the show over. It'll stop at the end of two hours whether I want it to or not. So that's why oh, I'm like, course. Oh god, oh god. <laughs> I know. This is like so at least amazing. The Twitter's up or the the Tumblr's up. So <laughs> I I called the original cop and I told him and he said he would call me back and he never did. And a couple days later um, in one of the emails, CJ had threatened to make flyers up and post them all over where I live, and um, and they would expose me. So you better believe a couple days later, these bright pink flyers are in my mailbox and all my neighbor's mailbox in my big neighborhood. They have my name, two photos of me, my address, my phone number, my dad and grandma's phone numbers, my website for everything send on, my Twitter, my Facebook, anything I own, my, my website, my um, my night flirt number, my Amazon wish list, is all on this flyer. 
and they put it in everybody's mailbox saying that I pretty much was a prostitute. If you want to read exactly what it said on the flyer, you can read it on my Tumblr. I couldn't even post the flyer because I'd have to pretty much block everything out because it was all my personal information. I mean, my neighbors were really nice about it, but I had to stand outside of my front yard with, like, 20 people come up to me with hot pink flyers, like, are you okay? Do you need help? This and that. You know, all my information. So, so yeah, seriously. So these, she, she finds out these flyers are all over the freaking neighborhood. So let's Okay, hold on. We'll read the paragraph that was also on the flyer. I use okay. men for money. I'm a homewrecker. I also consider myself a god. Men buy me countless gifts and send me money in exchange for sexual services. I care about no one but myself. I blackmail men to pay even more once I get info on them. I have no job. This is how I pay my bills. You can see plenty of provocative photos of me. Don't believe me? Just contact me. Ladies, send your husbands and their money to me. I will satisfy them. That's oh, sick. like MG. Oh, my God. With a triple G. Everybody had these. I mean, they turned them all into me, which was really nice, so I could take them to the police. But, like, that's a shocker. And It's not the point. The <laughs> yeah. The night before, he had actually, um, I, I detailed this in the Tumblr. When he calls me, it comes from an unknown number, which is, like, Skype, for example. So he had right. called me, like, 30 times that night where I would hit the client. He would call right back over and over and over until about 1.30 in the morning. And then the next morning, um, Actually, one of the neighbors had went to their mailbox at 5 o'clock, and it was there. So it was sometime between, like, 1.30 and, and 5 that he had done this. And he had called me multiple multiple times first uh, for whatever reason. Um, so fast forward, again, he's calling me, calling me, calling me. I'm getting emails every day. It's ridiculous. It's overwhelming. Um, so then sometime in September, I got a phone call from my investigator, He's like, are you on your computer? I said, yeah. Go to Google and type in blah, blah, blah. I type it in. It takes me to some Nebraska state website. So um, he says, type Claude J. McCormick in there. Okay. Type it in. Bam. There is his criminal record. Um, and uh, there's a photo. I have it posted up. I posted a link if you want to see it with all his information. So um, he posted uh, I, the, I, he, It's all posted there. His photo, his um, his birth date, he's actually way older than what he told me he was. Um, he had two felonies. He served, like, three years in prison, uh, maybe from, like, 2001 to 2003 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's an ex-con, two felonies, et cetera. Um, apparently he never worked at the Hilton Hotel. There was no girl there named staff. Like, that was all fabricated. Everything he told me was completely fabricated. Um, so... I mean, a lot has happened, and he sent me a lot of emails. He's called me a lot. It still happens. My investigator has contacted him multiple times and said he needs to stop, that when they find him, he is going back to jail, um, and what he's doing is illegal. His emails are all still coming from very close to where I live. So um, So he's still in the area. Yeah. Um, No help from the police so far, really. I mean, they're, they're, so they're the nice. reason why we That's wanted this story out, tell them why. I mean, hopefully maybe if you guys go over to the Tumblr account and have a look at it, I have it posted on InBedWithDrSue.com, that Tumblr account. Um, if you want to look for it, it's there. The thing is, he's still in the area. He's been very quiet recently. Um, there is a gentleman who I'm assuming is a gentleman, um, named C.O.G. in the chat room, who is, seems to be behaving oddly, and I would 
questioned who COG is, actually. So um might want to make note of that, Nick. Just so you know, yeah, so um, keep that in mind. He's not, he, this isn't over. This is what I'm saying. This isn't done. This is not over. It's going on and on and on. Yeah, Joe, if you can hear me, do you want to do a boot, please? I will do the boot. Thank you. Thank you. That's, uh, that's disgusting. And I tend to wonder who uh, COG is. Oh, he already logged out. Oh, why? Afraid? Oh, I, I think that was kind of I, an interesting I, I him. exchange. Oh, okay, good. You booted him? I kicked him, yeah. Okay. Um, just, it's for those of you who obviously can't see this, he was just making some very interesting remarks. Interesting from the standpoint that they were maybe she deserved it. Mm-hmm. Which is why I say, hmm, I wonder who COG is. Yeah, very interesting. I think I'd be getting emails from uh, Princess Alish, though. I'm actually keeping my email open because I know it, I know as soon as he he will see this, I know as soon as he does, I will probably be bombarded. I plan on keeping the Tumblr updated. When things come in, I'm going to post them. Um, the reason I'm doing this, as scary as it is, it's only been three months. He's still out there, and this could really incite him, is because, first of all, at the bottom of the blog, I have a huge majority of his Twitter accounts posted. I do not want this to happen to anybody else. He was serving this for sin as Thunderbark. She made a comment that he said something about one of her family members that freaked her out, and she didn't really want anything to do with this. Uh, that The woman that called me to pretend to be Joyce was scared. She never contacted me again. So I don't want this to happen to anybody else. Um, I'm hoping, like, I can have a network, a support network, that when something does happen, I can go post online and talk to people about it because, like, honestly, my friends and family know what's going on, but, like, only some people are, are supportive. You know, some of my very close friends don't care. They don't want to even talk about it. They didn't even come to the show tonight even though I asked them to, which it sucks. And I, you know what I mean? What do I do? Do I write them all? You know, my boyfriend's sick of hearing about every day. I'm like, CJ, email me. CJ, call me. CJ, this. CJ, that. So mm-hmm. it's nice to have people to talk to. But, I mean, I just want to know if anybody has encountered him or is currently dealing with him or knows anything about him. Like, we need to find out where he is. And once the police know that, they will arrest him. But we don't know where he's staying. Like, Remember, I, this guy has a record. He has spent four years in prison. So we got to keep in mind with the fact that this gentleman, uh, gentleman, and I, that's using that um, this, well, whatever, I don't want to give him that much, this waste of human space. Um, he's not, this is what I'm saying, he's not stupid, he's an intelligent guy, he's been in prison, therefore when you're in prison for four years, not jail guys, prison, that means he's hanging with the lowest of the low and learning a lot of things. We don't know if the money that he's been tributing and doing whatever. I feel trust fund baby on that one. It's possible it's all stolen. You don't know. But this is the criminal element that she is dealing with, and I would love to see if we can possibly pass it out. I mean, that's why she got to the point. Nixie got to the point where it's like, first of all, when you shut everything down like that, it's it's very isolating and it's scary and you you think like that's what you said to me and it broke my heart when you said you know I just feel like nobody cares 
And it's like, no, you don't get it. We do care. We love you very much, and we're not going to let this go. When I email people, if I trusted someone enough to email them, like the only slates I ever emailed, they were like, oh, are you still on cam shows? I was like, is this a joke? Are you listening to me? Like, this is like a life or death thing. And like I said, one of my very close friends isn't even here. She doesn't even care. She hasn't been a part of the film, and her and I were really close. And I told you, you gotta kind of give them a little bit of a break from a psychological standpoint. It can be overwhelmingly scary. A lot of people, again, because of the work that we do, think that we ask for it, that we deserve it, that you know somehow or another, you know, we're just basically having a platter out there and saying, "Here, come and you know, be a freak." That's obviously not what we do. I mean, it, and but that's why it's isolating because you've got your authority figures are not going to really bust their ass for you because again they yeah. figure you you asked for it and it's like no it's one asks for this. No one. I don't care who they are. No one asks for this. Yeah. Yeah. They think it's just cyber harassment and it's not. You know, it's not the top of their list. They're not really, they don't really care that much. They can't dig that much. They could find out, they found out he had a license in another state, and then, you know, they can't find out where he lives or anything. So um, another thing, too, if you go on the Tumblr at the bottom, there's a YouTube link. I tried very hard to make it stand out. Yeah, there's a YouTube link. That's actually quite telling, too. If you listen to him, she took a um, uh video of a phone call so it's you're listening to the phone call of him talking so that's even if it's a freaky phone call because you can hear him just behaving like i said textbook but if nothing else listen to the voice you guys okay um and mistress magic is absolutely right this isn't just cyber anymore this is now full-on terrorist stalking when you start you know putting candy and things and doing flyers and yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's gone past cyber now. Yeah, the, the cops know he crossed state borders to come here. They've heard the phone call. I printed out every single email and conversation. They have everything. Um, the first cop was rude and, and didn't want to help him. When I told him the candy showed up on the mailbox and he said he would call me back, he never did. And then a flyer showed up. I had to get a new cop. I had to get a new investigator. And I did move, so I do have officers in another township working with me, too. They're all working together, and they they, I hear you even have Austin police in on this, right? Yeah. Well, as soon as they, as soon as I was like, I think he's here, they were like, Well, we can't do anything. Oh, okay. If he's in Pennsylvania, you know, which I don't know. I, I don't know how that works. That's I, I don't know where else to go. And the now, what about police, the FBI? Since this is now considered stalking, I would tend to think the FBI could do something. Their office is like an hour and a half away, so I'm. Seriously considering, I, I talked to my investigator, and he said, you know, he's doing what he's doing. If I want to go further on, he'll help me. Um, a field agent help. should actually come to you. Okay. You know, if, if it's something that they're willing to deal with, you should get an actual FEB come to your house. It should be, a, you know, a field agent coming to your home. I don't think it's yeah. something where you got to drive an hour and a half. That's I, not I usually how it happens. I talked to about it, and he just didn't have any information so I have to look up more information on that. The only thing I could find, like, online was their their office in Philadelphia. So I need to look into it more. But 
Like, I just, I don't know where else to go from here. Because even if he just calms down, well, am I going to get an email every month for the rest of my life from him? Like, I, I, I would definitely go the FBI route because you have more than enough evidence for them to pick the case up. Um, yeah. Again, they may not listen to you. I want you to be prepared for that just because of what we do and because people don't understand the whole fetish behind everything. They don't. They just automatically figure that you're out there spreading your legs on camera and that's not what you do. So right. be prepared for that. I want you to look over your shoulder every minute of the day, and I know you're doing it anyways. Mm-hmm. I told you what I wanted you to do as far as carrying some form of weapon on you, and I think that's probably a good idea. Just because I don't believe in all the cases that I have seen, this is one of the most most aggressive that I've seen, which is why, yes, he's been quiet for two weeks, and quiet doesn't necessarily mean a good thing. Psychopaths are very, very, very patient people. So we don't know. Is this going to poke the tiger? It might. Hopefully, if it does poke him enough, we can grab him while he's stirred up. But you have to take care of yourself first and foremost. You have to be very, very careful because this this isn't something to be taken lightly. This isn't someone who's just goofing around. This guy is serious. And I want everyone listening to understand that this can happen to you just as easily as it happened to Nixie and as it is happening to several other doms as we speak. So I just don't think that, oh, the, the, the preconception is they're submissive guys. They won't do this sort of thing. Bullshit. Yeah, they're submissive guys for the most part that we deal with, but you have to remember that a psychopath is a shapeshifter. He's going to turn into whatever he needs to turn into. So if he needs to play the sub side for a little while, he's going to do it. So just kind of keep that in mind, you guys. It's This isn't something that, that's, like I said, don't take this lightly. And Nixie's not taking it lightly, and neither should us. I think the fact that she put up the Tumblr account was brave because, like I said, we don't know. This is a literal coin cost. Or, why do I keep saying that wrong? Coin toss. Coin toss. God, what a freak. Uh, <laughs> I have dyslexia or something. Uh, whatever. Speech impediment. Anyways, just I, I just understand we're going to keep this as up-to-date as we can. I want you to keep going to the Tumblr account. I want every dom who has a friend who is a dom, send them to that Tumblr account, please because I think we are massive in numbers, and there is no reason why we can't nail this guy, because this is not his first time around the block. No way. He's done this before. This is an MO. So obvious. So let's try and catch this guy. Let's do our own, let's do our own BDSM to catch a thief, or no, to catch a freak. I don't mind being Chris Hansen. I can't be Oprah, but I don't mind being Chris Hansen. <laughs> so let's catch the freak, you guys. 
Yeah, Dom investigation. You're absolutely right, Mixie. <laughs> so yeah, totally. Right, let's see what we can do. Let's together we can yeah, to catch a predator, exactly. Together we can do this. We can. So spread the word. Spread the word. Get everybody going to the Tumblr account. Um we'll tell everybody what that is again. It's say it. It's Oh, it's goddess. I'm typing out dot com. Sorry, yeah, goddessnixie. And it's N-Y-X-I-E, so goddessnyxie.tumblr.com. And like I said, the link is up on our website. I will make sure and we will be Twitterifying the link like crazy so that everybody can read about this. This is a time when we don't draw lines as ladies and doms we do not do the whole, oh, well, who cares? Okay, seriously, this is a time when you drop the bullshit. You drop the stupid act, and we come together and try and catch a freak because this is just so unnecessary, and I'm so sorry that you have to go through this. So, and Nixie, you can, they, get, can, they can get in touch with you there. If, if some of the doms do recognize him because there's pictures up on yeah. there, they can get in touch with you on that site, right? Yeah, um, you can tweet me, you can Tumblr me, and I have okay, an email. Okay, tweet, what, what's your Twitter? Have, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, it's just Goddess Nixie. Okay, so um, Goddess Nixie like, again, N-Y-X-I-E, yeah. Goddess Nixie. Yeah. Uh, my email is on the Tumblr. I'm kind of screening with that one. Like, if if I know who you are or your location or IP checked up and you're not CJ, uh, I'll either write back and forth to you there. I made a new email. Um and just an FYI, everybody, like, if you're if you're emailing from your phone through, like, Gmail and stuff like that, they can trace you, too. Yeah. They can trace right where you are. You guys are not protected. Please understand, you are wide open. You are not protected, ladies. So I just really want you guys to, to understand how scary this is and to really be careful amongst yourselves, because I don't want to see this happen to anybody. I don't care who it is. This should not be happening to anybody. And let's see if we can catch them. Thank you so much, Nixie, for being brave enough to come on the show and to actually just take a stand and say, forget it. <laughs> you know that we all love you. We There's no one. We are all behind you 100%. So you're not alone. You're not in a vacuum. And we care very deeply about your well-being and about you. So... Nixie's phone died. <laughs> so just so you know, thank you, Nix, for being on the show because this is about to go kaput. Anyway, so, Joe, next show is going to be October the 15th. I haven't nailed down a guest because I'm in the middle of negotiations, so I will let you guys know what that show is going to be. And remember, on the 29th, it's the two-hour Halloween Freak Fest show, our favorite. Oh, yeah. So... Make sure you guys tune in, right? Absolutely. Be there, kindly be square. Joe. I'm here. Can you hear me? What are you doing? Can you hear me? Oh, the British chippy's yelling in my ear. How rude. I, I hate when that, that happens. She's going to shut us down. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you, everyone who's in the chat room who's been talking. Um, everybody, Lady of Fire, our good pet, Mindy Madison, Miss Zelda, Mistress Magic, Queen Nikki, MD, my beautiful Madam Devilish, 
Sir Beast and Queen Kitty and Queen Nikki and Alexa and Tiffy. And uh, thank you so much for coming here. All right, you British chippy, leave me alone. Um, thank you guys for listening, honestly. And please try very hard. Let's try and catch this guy because he doesn't deserve to be walking around out there bothering people. Thank you for listening. I love you guys. We'll see you on the 15th. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.